Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. All right, what up, what up, what up? We are back, episode 31. Yep. Hey. Hey, I'm back for real, though. Um, damn, I have such a headache. (laughs) Right. What a way to start. <laughs> it is a way to start. No, it's all good. Well, we are back, episode 31. Um, thank you, everybody who listened to our last episode with Gina Soloperto. Um, we got a lot of good feedback from people. Um, and also, I mean, it's summertime. What a, what better moment to talk about networking than in the summertime? Mm-hmm. So shout out to Gina for coming through. Um, shout out to karina for helping us to hold it down and sim glad to have you back thank you ma'am and shout out to you the 30th did you call me ma'am i did (laughs) okay back why do i have to be ma'am you're miss Miss. yeah i am a miss you're not a ma'am i'm not a ma'am i'm a miss you're a miss all right all right well (laughs) do we have any anybody have feedback anything no, we just had great episode from one of our previous guests, um, Goddess. She put on my Instagram that was a great episode. So awesome! Yay. Even our guests listen. That's awesome. Yes. It's so much fun. The love. It is Yay. lots of love. All right, so we can just go ahead on and jump right into dope shit or ain't shit. Who wants to start? Sure, I'll start. Uh, my dope shit for the week is uh, the White Nonsense Roundup. Uh, which was started by um, two women in Washington State, Layla Trombol and Terry Kempton. Uh, and basically, White Nonsense Roundup is um, basically these two women just calling out all the crazy shit that white people do that they shouldn't be doing. And they put it on blast. <laughs> and they put it on blast, which uh, to me is always very enjoyable. Um I'm always here for people who call out bullshit and Mm -hmm. do it for change. And that's basically what they're doing. So um, if you want to learn more about the White Nonsense Roundup, I think they're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And they are taking submissions, I think, for the the things that white people do um, that burden people of color. Oh, wow. I didn't take it like that. I thought it was more than just that. Like, they – what – what I took from what they were doing, because um, that's the link I sent you last week while I was on, like, mini sabbatical. <laughs> I think I saw it before you sent it to me. Oh. Because we didn't talk last week. So the week before. Because I sent it to you, and you were, got excited. But listen, mm. the thing about the White Nonsense Roundup is not just that they're calling people out, but that they're going out of their way as white people to explain to other white people why certain things are unethical and racist and why they affect people of color rather than leaving it all on all on the shoulders of people of color to have to do all of the explaining to to white people um because something that we've talked about in the past and something that i'm sure many people have read about like the only the the best person to help change your mind is somebody that lived through your experience the best person to to meet you where you're at is somebody just like you, and that's what that's what they do. I mean, and it's also to call people out. <laughs> God, it is. <laughs> it I mean, is. they describe it as well. 
the way that they describe it, White Nonsense Roundup is a tool created by two Washington State women to unburden people of color from social media race blaming. So to your point, which is like, they're basically taking some of the pressure off of us where this is usually what, where black Twitter steps in and shuts shit down and they're basically saying we're going to take some of that responsibility because we understand that we can affect change in a way that people of color can't because if a lot of these white people who are doing these bad things and um, cared about what we were saying, then they would have stopped a long time ago. So because they're not paying attention to what we're saying, these women are taking upon themselves to call them out and to help um, affect change. Yep. And I think that's great. I'll go. Um, so I've got some ancient. Um, I had a couple days off last week um, and I had the not so privilege of watching a whole bunch of CNN Fox News and other news channels and my god everything that was on the TV on newspapers and the blogs my CNN notifications blowing up the White House is in total shambles right and I guess like (laughs) I just I guess I just wanted to call out who what was I watching I was watching something on TV and it was like this administration is literally oh it was Trevor Noah who said it Trevor Noah called out the fact that this administration is literally doing everything that people feared our first black president would do. Essentially being disorganized, not being able to communicate, only servicing a, a percentage of the population of the population, not being able to lead, not being able to 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 be the face, to be um What's the word I'm looking for? Presidential. A pre- yeah, presidential, but but also like just not being able not being able to be a viable person for the job. Literally, I busted out in laughed a, a fit of laughter and tears when I uh, was watching the unfolding of the Scaramucci um, case, not case, but scandal. So here's what happened, right? Yeah, because I was about to say, I've heard okay. the name. but Okay, this happened. is the only reason why you know the name Scaramucci. Because Scaramucci called, I think it was the New York Post, and basically started trying to put folk on blast. Now, he was really trying to call folks out. So we know that President Orange is out here in these streets, and he just don't, he wants people to stop leaking his shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, stop telling family business. And that's real. <laughs> I'm not mad at him for that. I think that that is the realest thing ever. If we're going to have business, we need to keep family business in the house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folk is out here being petty and spiteful, and they keep leaking a whole bunch of shit, making him look crazier than he does on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. In comes Scarmucci. Mm-hmm. Scarmucci ain't shit. Scaramucci came in as the communications director, not the uh, not the um, press secretary. Not the press secretary. He's also not the the damn head uh, chief of staff. None of those things. He's the damn communications director. But dude came in, went to a dinner um, with some folks from Fox News and Friends, mm-hmm. uh, and the president, uh, and I believe Priebus, Priebus before Priebus got kicked out, which I think was today. Um, and essentially came out that meeting. I think he was a little buzzed, could be a little high. He was so erratic in that interview that, like, he was totally, absolutely under somebody's form of substance, like, abusing it. And I can't <laughs> I can't tell you if it was powdered version or if it was just liquid version or just smoke, but whatever. He was on 10, 
called up a rep- the reporter that um, tweeted out that there was a dinner going up and essentially went off, not just go off like political going off, but basically said that somebody was on his F and D and these these efforts, these fuckers need to, you know, they just need to stop stop leaking my shit. Because oh my like like it was like Wait, who said that? Scaramucci? Scaramucci was saying this. <laughs> Y'all must, see this is what happens. This is what happens when you're home during the day. You have time to like watch the news and it was serious. And he was out here making up lies, like, and I have all their fingerprints and I'm gonna take oh, it to the FBI and the FBI is gonna have them ousted. They're all going to jail. And everybody's like, What you talking about, bro? Like, ain't no fingerprints, bro. Everything that was leaked is like <laughs> Like, this is, like, public documentation. Oh, right, because somebody leaked, like, his financial records, and he was like, they weren't supposed to do that. That's illegal. And it's like, mm, but it's on the Internet. Um, anyway, my, I say all this to say, I say all of this to say that as a communications director, because it's how I'm going to bring it back, as a communications director, as somebody that works in media, I don't give a damn if this is your first shot at it. There is an there is an ethical way to go up to go about carrying out investigations or getting to the bottom of situations, presenting your country to the world. And he just fucked all of that shit up. Him, Priebus, um, Trump, Spicer, old girl that they got in there in Spicy Potatoes place, like they're just all on one. There is not enough Molly in the world, bruh. <laughs> To have me out here looking that crazy. Like, they legit look crazy. And it's horrible. Like, this is the way, like, the only way we know what um, what the world's uh, political state looks like is when we turn on the TV. Mm. Okay, that's why we laugh when on TMZ they show images of, like, uh, I don't know, the Indian parliament when they're, like, throwing chairs at each other. Um, trying to get laws passed because they're, you know, like it's it they're they're fighting. That's what happens when we're looking at um, imagery. That's why we laugh when we look at imagery of other governments when they like physically fight or call people out. We are literally the laughing stock of the world. Hell, I'm laughing. I think it's funny. I'm not gonna lie. It's scary, but it's funny. But I mean, I, it, they look like children. They ain't shit for it. You literally, if your children don't feel at this point that they can be anything they want to be <laughs> in this world, then you really need to show them Fox News, anything CNN, MSNBC. Like, literally, anything is possible. You don't have to read. You don't have to know <laughs> ethics, okay? You don't even need to pre-qualify for the job. Mm. Like, you don't even have to apply. You could just show up. Did you see that he got fired today? Previous got fired today. Oh, Scarmucci Scar- got fired today and Previous got fired yesterday. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's Sorry, crazy. You're laughing. It. You're looking. You're looking at the headlines. Because I've been busy, so I haven't been paying attention to this. I shit. had time. Oh, I had. Man. I had time yesterday. I had time to last week. Um, and yeah, it was just. It was just ancient. It was hilarious, but it was. It was fascinating to see how quickly like these are loyal. Like, like art this. could. Uh, art has become reality. Like I remember watching the movie Nixon. Mm. And it was supposed to be about like Watergate, and it was a comedy. And we, it literally looks like that. Like this is a comedy, a really scary one because folk could start wars. But you know, you live, you learn, you start looking at visas to other countries. Simple as that. 
10 oh, days. Lord. This dude's been in this position for 10 So days. it wasn't even a full two weeks? <laughs> he, gave <laughs> up. he gave up. <laughs> so days. I said, yo, he's been, I told my homeboy, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like he's only been in for two weeks. He said, was it even a full two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ten not, days. B. It was only for, it was only 10 days. All right. Wow. Well, I have dope shit. Um, Good for it's, you. <laughs> it's a nice balance. It's the new spot from P&G. Um, it talks about uh, bias through the eyes of black children in multiple generations. And it was a good spot. It was a good spot. I think it starts off from a mom talking to her daughter while, um, after someone's told her daughter that she looks pretty for a black girl. And her mom's like, that's not a compliment to um, a child learning how to drive. And her mom is worried, like, please be careful. Like, what do you she doesn't even know what to say. Like, you know, where do you start? You don't even have rules in, in today's, like, what do you have? Um, and to a child who gets ostracized, you know, on the baseball field because he's different, to a mom talking to her other child saying, you know, you are good, but you're going to have to be twice as hard. Uh. Like, it was so real, and it was so moving. And I don't even remember what they promoted, but it was P&G, and... <laughs> I don't remember the product at all. I think it's uh, My Black is Beautiful. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But um, powerful, powerful, honest, candid ad. And we'll put it on the Twitter site for y'all yeah. to see. But it, it was it was beautifully done. On the Twitter site? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't own Twitter. <laughs> on our Twitter <laughs> profile. <laughs> I want to be rich now. <laughs> or you could just tweet it. You could just tweet it. We could just tweet it. I don't know. You know me. I don't tweet <laughs> I put it on my Instagram. <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen that, but that does seem interesting. It was probably watch after this. Well done. I mean, but they've because P and G owns. Um, Procter and Gamble does Pantene, everything. <laughs> the Gold Series. Yeah. Uh, they own Pantene, right? Yeah, they do. They did so. They did that. Um, I mean, the visuals for the Pantene Gold Series are dope. Oh like yes, the, yes, like the black yes, woman. Have yes. you seen it? Yeah, that's the one that actually came out last year, and then they. I, guess, I think they like put more media behind it this year because of everything with Shea Moisture. Because uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, this is really old. Why are they replaying it? Why is everybody excited? And I was like, oh, okay. I get it. Oh, I didn't see it last year. Yeah. Still it was dope. like at hey, the end of last a, year they started head. promoting that that line. Anyway, that's cool. cool. Still head, been head of the curve. It is. Unfortunately. I almost I almost bought it this weekend. Your I almost I didn't though because I needed to make sure that my hair did what it needed to do. But your hair looks cute. I like it. Yeah, because I bought the thing I usually <laughs> use. Um, but I will totally try it because that's what I looked at. I was like, oh, I remember this ad. It was nice. It did its job. Yeah. Oh, advertising. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can get into our topic for today. Um, and for those of you that. Listen, if this, I'm sure this wouldn't be your first time, but if it is, um, just know that two thirds of us in this room are petty as hell. <laughs> Wait, I'm not petty. <laughs> you see how you know I wasn't talking about you, though? <laughs> you see how you know that? No, you're not petty. Um, and what I, and, 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 and perhaps I can describe it as like a constructive pettiness, but. One That's of the so things fair. that I think it's a constructive <laughs> pettiness. Like, so we want to talk about um, pretty much when you see something, should you say something? 
Um, and essentially what that means is like when you are working with an organization, an agency, a company, a client, whatever, um, when they need to be called out, what should you do? A, do you even call them out? So essentially, oftentimes we'll find ourselves in situations where um, your integrity, your character, your professionalism um, or other and or other characteristics of yourself um, may be called into question. Um, and in the name of diversity and inclusion, and also in the name of just being a person that is respected, how do you approach addressing these issues? We call it calling it out, but the reality, the reality is how do you address situations uh, that might be uncomfortable, and who should you go to? Um, this sparked, this stemmed from a conversation a couple weeks ago. I guess that should have been my dope ship. Shout out to... Um, ladders for leaders we held a luncheon with them um i guess a couple weeks ago now uh, and one of the interns in this program asked the group of um professionals you know have you ever been put into a situation where you felt uncomfortable and how do you address it mm. um so part of this conversation is that I know a few of us have gone through things recently. A few of us, there's only three of us in here. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> all, few, all few of us have gone through things recently where we felt that we needed to um, speak our mind and articulate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Fair? Fair. Of course it's fair. fair. All right. So the first question is, <laughs> what do you do first? When things happen, what do you do and what are your first steps? I mean, that's, that's, that's an interesting question because um, I feel like a lot of us have been conditioned to just take it. And, you know, we, we've, we've been, um, I mean, because we've been conditioned to, to just take it, we've, we don't really react in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So it, yeah. and it usually escalates, um, because, or you just, there's, there's an internal buildup, right? Yeah. So once, I think once you realize that that's happening, then you need to start putting your receipts, getting your receipts together. And I think one, one thing I think that all of us should do period is always have your receipts in order. So whether that's not deleting emails, whether that's, you know, recording meetings that you're in, like you always need those those receipts because you, when it comes down to knowing what, knowing how these op these organizations operate, when it comes down to he say, she say, I think as people of color, we just should just always kind of keep in the back of our head that our word is not worth as much as our white counterparts. Um, so the first thing that I would do is make sure that your receipts are together. Because if you don't have any, like you don't have any grounds to stand on. I think my, I mean my 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 first step is even before that. Because one of the things, like I think that is good, but I also think that that's like a fourth or a fifth step, because all of this has to. I think it's it's better for us to be proactive. And what I mean by being proactive is you have to assert yourself and initially say something in the moment when things happen. So to your point, I do think that a lot of us, and by us, I mean people of color, and especially women, and oftentimes women of color, um, will take a sly joke. Somebody makes a somebody makes a comment that might be racially insensitive, or it might be a microaggression, 
um, and you let it slide off your shoulder because, oh, maybe they didn't mean it like that. Or um, you're in a situation with uh, a manager or a supervisor and, you know, it's it's a, a situation where not only do you feel uncomfortable, but it's now calling into question your integrity, your ethics. It's calling into question uh, your intellect. And you kind of let it go because it's like, well, you know, they're the boss and I don't want to rock the boat. I think it's even more important for us when these things happen. And I'm not saying to go and start throwing hands <laughs> and looking like a straight up ludicrous video, throwing your elbows. But I do think it is very important to let people know when they've crossed the line. I think there's a polite way to do it. I don't know everybody that, you know, everybody in the world talks speaks to. But I think it's very simple to sometimes say, you know, that's not funny. Or... You know, I really don't. I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Let, let's not. Let's not talk about it like that. You know, to let people know that they've crossed the line. Because I feel like once they do know that they've crossed the line, anybody, when they do it again, because they will. To your point, <laughs> they will. Simeon, to your point, then it's, hey, we've already had this conversation, and now it's worth starting to gather your notes, and now it's worth making sure that you have receipts because oftentimes people and and not ignorant in the most negative form but ignorance is a thing and some people just need to be corrected yeah i think even like for me because i've been more i've been less timid now that i've gotten older but um i mean you've been on one for like the last couple of months i appreciate it oh thank you i mean it's growth it's growth growth it is (laughs) you feel feel it in your spirit huh you feel it in your in your liquor budget huh (laughs) buying a couple more drinks than you need to because just the stress stress. i mean i think it's just you know like you get well for me you get fed up or you just like you here's the thing you think that people will take will be smarter and will take the higher road but no, usually everyone tries to take the local route and try to <laughs> and try to be and people act stupid and ignorant. So sometimes it's like picking your battles and like, you know, am I going to be the high road or I'm going to go toe to toe with this person? I think for me, I've taken the high road because I didn't want to be that offensive person in the room or I did feel less confident to say that's not funny or whatever. But you do find your voice. But, and then also, it's like, it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, someone's going to always push your buttons. And they're going to either see, they're either going to test you, or it really offends you in the moment, and you have mm-hmm. to address it. Like, if you don't address it, it's just going to happen in worse and worse, and pers- people are going to get ignorant and ignorant as time continues on. I'll give you a story, or as my father would say, I give you a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's how he sounds when he says it. Um, I have a colleague um, that as an intern uh, was sitting in a meeting in which um, one of the leaders of the organization made a comment um, about they were introducing themselves. The colleague is Mexican-American, and the um, the person in the leadership position made the comment that, hey, I am, um, I am Rosa, and I am the cleaning lady. What? To be funny. 
you, we all know that that's not funny. Um, and the colleague mentioned to me that she kind of sat there in the meeting because, you know, she's the intern. And she's looking to see, like, who at the table is going to say something. And the people in this room, we all know that oftentimes people won't say something. Mm-hmm. Especially if it, especially if it's not that close to you, you right? Know? Like it's right. like, eh. it's like, it's like That's when bad. men make a com- make men make a comment about like being pregnant or something, and like it's like it's not really funny because, but you you may not see it that way because you're not that close to it. Um, and she mentioned that like at the end of the meeting, she felt very compelled to speak up and say, you know, I'm disappointed that as an intern, I'm the only one that sees an an issue with this. And especially as the only person of Mexican-American descent or Latino descent, that I'm the person that has to bring it up with a whole bunch of people in a room that should know better, do know better, and probably wouldn't accept this in any other situation. And I think it's very important that that is exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to say directly to the people that have the A said it, and B, that have the power to make sure it doesn't get said again, that they're looped in and that they know that you're uncomfortable and that it's hurtful or that it's 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 wrong and it makes you feel ways that you shouldn't be feeling at work. Shit, you shouldn't be feeling shit at work. Mm. You should be feeling like getting this work done. But instead, I got to sit here and toil with my feelings. My feelings, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I sit here and toil with my toil with my feelings and 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 feel a way about myself because nobody wanted to address the fact that that was inappropriate. And the thing about people saying shit for just for laughs or for jokes, you know, there is some honesty in every joke. I <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but there is. Is that like where there's smoke, there's fire? Like, is, that, is that what you're saying? But like you know, not everything is a hundred percent ha ha funny. And this brings me back to on my Facebook page because I don't care. Um, <laughs> mm. Mm. 2017, Karina don't care. But people, you know, this girl she leaves a comment and she's like, "Oh, I just was trying to be funny." And my aunts, shout out to all the retired aunts. But my Mm. aunt, you know, she's always on the Facebook. She went in, and then she felt bad because she's like, I'm sorry that I had to go out on your – and and leave a comment like that on your – Was this last week also? Did I miss this? This was last week. Um, (laughs) She, she, You know, my aunt, you know, she's like, I'm sorry that, you know, I did that on your page. You're like, my aunt is respectful. And I was like, no, but you're right. Like, Mm -hmm. what she said, even though she was trying to be funny, it wasn't funny at all. And it could have – I mean, all roads to hell are paved with good intentions, but mm, I don't think no. so. But go ahead. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think that's a saying. But, but that yeah, is a saying. No, anyway, is it? It is, is a saying. I've never you. heard that because it's not true. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it means that you know you may have the best intentions. It doesn't mean that it's going to have a good effect. And even right. though you're trying to be funny and you're trying to get some laughs or even some likes on on any type of comment or whatever. How corny are you? How I just think it's so corny when people do shit like that. But people do you, that when you say shit for, to, to be funny and I to know, get me liked. But you still mad corny. Like it, the fact that your jokes I feel like the jokes that are offensive without truth 
it's one thing to offend people because shit's true, but it's another thing to offend people because you're like poking fun at things that like they can't change. You're corny. You're no comedian. <laughs> Sit down and read the goddamn newspaper. But what do you mean? It's just like stop. And I think that it has to be addressed too because that is a reaction. Mm-hmm. And you have if you're gonna say jokes doesn't mean that you're gonna be funny. Happens to comedians all the time. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Well, you just start booing people. When no, they say you cannot do that. <laughs> Boo. I mean, that that could be. That actually joke. could be mad funny and like probably really like useful. I mean, but that, I feel like that's so normal at agencies where somebody's always saying something offensive. Boo. Like it just, it just... But they're waiting for a reaction, and part of that reaction is either good or like, uh, well, nah. I mean, it all depends, right? Because. I think the reality is is that they say stuff like this all the time and they don't get a reaction. Well, the reaction is probably usually laughter, right? Because mm, like cat you're, you're, trying to, you're not trying to be awkward. Well, no, because what I'm what I'm saying is like because there is a diversity issue, they're able to get away. Like so, there you may have encountered this offensive person one time, but they're probably offensive. <laughs> All day long, when they're not <laughs> when they're not around you, and it's met with laughter, which is why a lot of times when they get called out, they immediately turn into victims. Because what do you mean you're offended? Everyone else Everyone loved my joke. Found it funny, right? So there's there's I mean, and so going back to like preparing yourself for for what comes after calling somebody out, because depending on who you're dealing with you're probably going to face some sort of retaliation. Like, and so that's, and that's where, and that's why I was going back to what I was saying earlier, which is like, you know, have your receipts I guess in that order. Becomes, then that becomes like, what's the next step? How do you escalate it? Because I think the first step is to address it in that moment. I don't think the first step is to ha- gather receipts. Well, well, <laughs> but like, it's but hard to address it. First, but here's the other thing. You, you're, you should you, always keep tabs. So here's the other thing. You have a, you have a voice. Right. I have a guy, yeah, though. And so, so <laughs> I think that's one of the things that we should always keep in mind here is that when we're talking about, like, how you should react, like, I'm actually somebody who doesn't really get offended in the moment because I, oh, I, do. I don't realize what's happening. Yeah, I'm at just, times, I'm, yeah. I'm slow, I'm like, right? what? <laughs> so, and then I'll walk out the room and I'll I go. I can smell a shade from a mile away. But it's not necessarily shade. It's, it's usually like, yo, what just happened? So, like, remember that moment where at that place that shall remain unnamed where, you know, they were like, well, Harry Potter we, we, we want to name the black woman in this deck. We're going to call him she. Yeah, I remember. Right? So, in the, in the moment, I was but like. But in that moment, you knew that that was an issue. Yeah. I felt something. Well, you didn't know? No, no. I felt something, but I was also in work mode. So, when I'm in work mode, Mm-mm. I'm kind of like, well, you know, how am I, how am I contributing and then i walked out the room and i go wait what the fuck did he just say really you had to sit with that why don't you understand that dude's a nice but, but like i think you know what i'm learning it as we can think because as a as a diversity and inclusion advocate i'd like to believe that men had the same capacity well, as i, I do it, but it wasn't it wasn't an it was delayed it was a delayed but also, right. also to that ten point, minutes right? when it should have been here two minutes ago. But, but to that point, right? So you, you're talking about reacting in the moment. Even when I realized it, I didn't go, "Damn, well, I'm just gonna walk up to this dude's desk." There was, 
I had to sit there and think about how to formulate a response so that it wouldn't turn into a situation. I think that's it. Like, you know that it's wrong, but you don't know how to react in that moment. Let's unpack that, though. Let's unpack that, though. Like, not knowing is it is there is the is the question you don't know how to react appropriately to an inappropriate situation. I'm, I'm not gonna react in that moment because I'm not gonna react appropriately. I'm, like I, I know I, I mean this 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 is a part okay. and I think even if I, I realized <laughs> even if I realized in that moment I probably wouldn't have reacted because I know myself like this is what you, this is what happens when you're when you're adulting right you know nothing nice is gonna come out of my mouth but I think like, it's because my immediate I guess I guess yeah. okay nah, I've been in, I, I'm, but you know offended, I'm a, if I'm offended I'm offended and I don't believe in responding to bad behavior with niceness. I think God, I just, I just really want to talk to your parents because it's not always about good and bad. Yes, I think that's fair, and you're right. I'm only laughing, haha. Ha. See, a joke. I'm also, but I, I feel very strongly. So I gave when I was talking to the interns the last, not last week, the week before. Um, one of the when when that question was raised, like, have you been in a situation where things are uncomfortable, and how do you respond? I remember one of the first projects I worked on when I started working in the industry. Um, this was after the housing, this is shortly after the housing crisis, um, had like started to stabilize, if you will. Um, and it was a large bank and the bank was looking to get more African Americans in, uh, in the Philadelphia area who have already been affected by the housing crisis to, um, essentially start to buy back into their mortgage loans like they wanted to get more black people to to reverse mortgages no it, it was just it was something it was not something to do with mortgages they wanted to attract more people to use them for mortgages even but they wanted to do it in an area where people had already been burned by a whole bunch of mortgage um fucked up mortgages from the housing crisis and the reason and one and the tactics that they wanted to use were to they wanted to target older people they wanted to target grandmas and your grandpas they wanted to target people who did who weren't educated they wanted like literally like these were the insights it was basically predatory but i mean i didn't know what predatory was at the time like i just graduated college bro i i only knew what I knew. But what I did know was that they wanted to go back to an area that I'm very familiar with because I'm from the area and target African Americans because that was what that's what was in the brief and they wanted to use their lack of knowledge and their trust for larger corporations to get them to feed back into getting these mortgages or whatever. And I at the moment and also, I guess for me, it's like it, it's important to understand, like, you. I think you do have to speak up. I think you can choose your words wisely. But when you let time go by, like, people forget. And I think that the, the impact also becomes watered down. So what I said in that moment was after we went through the brief, I brought it to their attention. Like, hey, I know that you picked up all of this strategy, but I'm from the area. And I know these people. And... <laughs> 
my family is black. So let's talk about what my insights are because I think that you guys are missing out on some things. I think there, I think there are more insights that I could offer. Mm-hmm. And essentially what ended up happening is that they just felt like, I don't think we should move forward with this. Like at the end of the day, it was something that was just so terrible that we just so didn't move forward with it. You don't think but that you could have waited and it would have had the same impact? I don't it. know if they if I would have waited, but I also I also do feel it very strongly to like in that moment to have something to say, mm-hmm. even if it's mm, I don't know if this feels right, guys. Like I, I think I think waiting. I feel like there I feel like, feel like there could be harm in waiting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it comes quick, that shows how, just how wrong it is. Because you walk away from a meeting and everybody's like, yeah, this is a great meeting. Yeah, we had a great brief. Yeah, we had a. Great conversation. I told a great joke at the lunch table, and then now I got to come back a day later like, hey, listen, remember that thing you said yesterday? Which one? <laughs> no, like, that thing. Know. Here's exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't matter when you bring it to the te- bring it to people's attention. I do think it's important to bring it to people's so, attention, like, immediately. But, I mean, to that point, like, there's if you're still thinking about it, you're still thinking, you're still offended the next day. If you are still offended the next day, you should still bring it up. Then it's still important to bring up, in my opinion. Like, that's just, and and I think I'm also looking at it going back to, like, my first job where I don't necessarily think I was empowered to, like, or or I felt empowered enough to speak up in those moments um and also i think and i think i've mentioned this on the show before too like i was raised to assimilate right so my me being at that first job i put up with a bunch of shit that i wouldn't put up with right now because i i don't think i was one i was empowered enough to to say it to respond in those moments and then two it's like everybody's on their own that's true that is so true but i Yes, I think that's fair. I think with what we're doing now, like now that you do feel more empowered to speak up, don't you think it's more beneficial for you to do so? But like, I, also, I don't think I'm also crazy, and I know this. So like, but I don't think that that's the crazy part. The crazy part isn't you speaking up. You're the only crazy one? part is how you speak up. But the crazy part isn't that you speak up. No, I no, think no, it's yeah, right. It's how. It's how. I, so I feel. I almost feel like it's even more important for people at any. Uh, at any level in their career to recognize that you should feel empowered to com- combat feeling um, like you're being taken advantage of or that you're being disrespected in some form. Um, and, and saying it, you don't have to throw hands all the time, but you should totally. <laughs> Who do you know that's throwing hands? Who is throwing hands in these offices? I was watching the shots of Sunset and the one girl, oh, Gigi, it don't matter what you tell her, she'd be ready to fight, yo. And I'd be really looking at it like, son, what did you go no, through as a here, child that you be out here just throwing fists like that? Here's the thing. I, I know that I get emotional, right? Mm. And okay. when I get emotional, I'm going to say some fucked up shit. Like, that's just, I, I, like, I know it. And so I like to take a moment I think to, that's with fair. myself I think you can take a moment. to go, well, why exactly do I feel like this and why is this wrong? Because then are you responding in this, and this goes to a conversation we were having earlier, are we, am I responding to just be petty or am I responding to have a teachable moment? 
And sometimes you are trying to be petty. This is listen, I acknowledge that of you. Sometimes you just want to be petty, and that's fine. But I, yes, to your point, I maybe my second step then becomes after you would after you address it, be clear with what you want the next steps to be. Yeah, that's real. I do, is it I don't want you to say that to me again. I don't want you to look at me like that. I don't want you to touch me like that again. I don't want you to whatever again. I don't want this to happen. I'd like, here's how I think we can change it. Yeah. Or here is my Or boundary. here is how I want you to stop it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the step after that is, or simultaneously even, but a step three is, I'm going to document this so the next time you do this shit, I'm going to let you know. When we talked about this shit on J- July 31st, 2017, uh, you said you weren't going to do it no more, and, and, you know, test results say that was a lie. Um, so now we need to move forward in an escalated matter. So going back to my point about when I started, when I was saying that you should always have Receipts. I think that everyone should have a cover your ass folder on in your email box with all the times that people told you that you were great. All the, because the thing is, mm-hmm. is that regardless and that's very of how useful on a different side of yeah, things. because regardless of how you <laughs> respond to this person, because you can respond very respectfully, um, wanting to have a teachable moment. Um, we know that this is real life and that people will can be offended and they can retaliate based off of that teachable moment or you trying to you know come to some sort of meeting of the minds when once you realize that you are offended and so you should always have receipts because you don't know how somebody's going to respond to you when you call them out even if it's re- in a respectable right. way true. even if you wait and you pull them to the side later because no one likes to feel like they're wrong. They don't. Well, nobody wants to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. I think that's even, I don't, yeah, I think even more so than being wrong, nobody wants to be embarrassed. And some people are embarrassed by being wrong. And you're just a fucking idiot because everybody's wrong sometimes. No, I think that's fair. I think, I think you should cover your ass. I also think what you're talking about matters more in situations where um sometimes people are out to get you like and and i don't think we talk about that enough i think we we gloss over the fact that sometimes you will work with people that really just either want to see you fail or want to see you out of their space which is within that organization and in those moments of um people trying to you know off you as a figure of speech you should be able to 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 reclaim your time reclaim your time <laughs> reclaiming my time reclaiming my time you should be able to reclaim your time and one of the ways to do so is to your is to to your case um to your point creating a case for yourself now i think a piece of doing that though which is I don't think it's that far off topic, but I also think it's important to write down your wins, like keep track of your wins because people like not often, but some people will try to discredit you and make it seem like, you know, you don't, you ain't shit. 
You don't do no work. You lazy as fuck. You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be here. And you know what? If you don't have no wins, they might be right. So, So maybe the step after somebody calling you out is to evaluate yourself and to write out your wins. And when were the moments that you came through to, to the team that were acknowledged? And, and I actually started doing this not out of an, a situation of negativity, but also out of the fact that, like, I didn't realize – I started to realize I had nothing – I felt like I had nothing to show for my career. Like, I was just doing work. And the reality is that's not the case. Like, everywhere you go, you do leave a legacy. So it's like, okay, well, well, well what did you contribute to, to a team, to a project – to a department, to an agency. Um, and I do think that it's very important for you to keep track of those things because, A, it keeps it keeps your shit together mm-hmm. so that you know that, you know, you're not just here pushing paper, that you're actually a viable team, a- team member. And also when people try to call you out, you bring it to the table. If, if I was so negative for the team or if I was such a detriment to our success, then why would I be able to, con- how could I have been able to contribute this list of accomplishments I have? Um, I think it's also important to write out, and actually this thing come from me, this came from another colleague of mine who was like, listen, just start keeping a Google Doc of every of conversations that you've had with people because you're going to forget. And what happens is sometimes when we get into um, – when we get into intense conversations with colleagues where we have to defend ourselves um, and essentially they become arguments, but, you know, without the fist throwing and the voice yelling, um, you need to be able to call to attention facts. People don't want to, like, you shouldn't be able to just talk about top-level examples. She was like, you need to talk about definitive examples what date was it what was the conversation what was the tone of the conversation and what was the result because if you can if you can bring examples to the table that are concrete that helps to get to solution and and my thing in any situation when you're calling somebody out or somebody has called you out is to get to a solution what do we want to happen yeah cuz sometimes do 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 you want me to get fired? Do I want you to get fired? Or do we want to use this as a, as um, an opportunity for us to grow as teammates, to move forward and be successful? Do we want to switch accounts? Like there needs to be a goal, and the only way you can do that is by having concrete evidence of of um, moments and examples. This was discussed, and things tried to change before we escalated, and also examples of how you've contributed in in the most positive way to your situation. I think just as everything has intent. So you can't really I, I you have to when you when you want to address something it has to be why are you why did it offend you and and blah 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 and have that intent. There I, as I grow up, I guess <laughs> less people have been doing, you know, things for frivolously or you know just saying I feel mad or whatever like no like I want to have this conversation because of this or because of, there's an intent to it. I think times that I felt empowered, not only just like hanging out with you guys and like, you know, being with my friends and I usually try to hang out with people who are shit starters. A whole bunch of shit starters. Just want to fuck everything up. But like, it's actually some of the people that I worked with before. And I remember this lady, she was talking about someone had posted, had sent us, um, a guy that was attacked by the police just for like 
you know for fun for like for yeah. stupid shit <laughs> no i that wasn't a joke that was no, real but shit the, yeah. the, sh- the shit is is that it's so fucked up but it's like it's for like some people do it for fun so he fun. just posts so the guy sent it out to us but he didn't add anything to it he just sent it so <laughs> we were just with, like with okay no, with no letter <laughs> no like no just like sent it so one of my um at the time svps they replied back and they're like imagine like imagine that was me imagine if that like she's a like white woman and the person sent was my man like what if that was your kid like you know like do you ever think about that she went to this whole thing Mm. and i sat here and i was like whoa (laughs) i didn't expect all that Mm. but it was nice to see someone speak up even though they necessarily couldn't fully relate to it they understood the degree of how even if you're just sending to send something like you have to send with you're sending with intent and you know if you don't have you don't explicitly say your intent people are going to assume your intent so even though people who are trying to be funny or they're trying to garner attention or trying to test you there's an intent there you know and and now that we're talking about it i feel like I feel like what you're describing is also a way to not be that person that puts somebody in a position where they feel like they've been compromised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is your intention? Like, why do you... Up front, why... You, I have a joke for you. That way, when I know that you're saying this joke and it if it offends me, I can tell you your joke is not funny. Right. Unless you're saying it to offend me. Um, hey, I don't... My goal is is for us to make this work better. I want to talk to you about how we can work together to do so because I feel like we've been falling short. You stated your intention. Your intention is that you want this to be great and that you don't feel like it's at its best and that we want we should work together to fix it. Like I feel like I feel like stating your intention as the person on the opposite end of the fence is probably the best way to avoid things escalating because they can be solved in that moment. Right. Cuz I think we have this implied intent even as agencies. Like we, we, even when we come in the workplace, you know, we have this intent that we can fully do our work 100%. But that's not always true. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you think that you have the intent that everyone has your best, like, intentions, or they want to see you succeed. That ain't real. That ain't real. real. But a lot of, uh, but a lot of people don't realize until, you know, they become sour and they're thrown into the business. But you have all these bright-eyed people, these newcomers, these entry-level people, who think, like, oh, I'm going to do awesome work, or I'm going to work with these awesome people, and... They don't know what to do or what to say when they get into those compromised positions. Mm. Even up to even up to when you get a director level, mm. like you don't and know what to say. And, and to that point, like that's that's how I felt at my first job. Was just like I didn't I didn't know how to articulate yeah. it productively in those situations until I think it was really after I started. I really hit like my frustration peak, and then it was like hmm. Why do I feel like this and I don't feel like anybody else is feeling uncomfortable in this environment and I'm the only one who's feeling uncomfortable? And then I started like doing the research and once I started gathering, you know, one, I think one of the key things that I realized was that I'm not the only person who, who feels like this, right? Because if, when you're in these, in these environments and you're the first only or the other or, or one of few, 
if you don't know anyone who else know anyone else who's going through a similar situation then you can feel like it's just you and you don't want to feel like a complainer but when you start doing the research i mean whether it's listening to shows like these or reading books about conflict resolution or whatever the case may be then you feel empowered to say something in those moments to actually affect change whether you're doing it um with the spirit of pettiness or you're doing it to to affect change for everyone you feel more empowered to to say something and i think that and that's that's one of the key things which is like you see you see something you say something but being able to say it in a way that's productive and doesn't get you fired um or and if it does get you fired then you have the receipts to back yourself up and you know do what you need to do i think it's just like assess yeah and i think it's assessing the situation like i was reading this really good article from harvard business review and the i mean the title was you know when you feel pressure to do the wrong thing at work but the points that they had i mean hey <laughs> that's no, the title I mean, of the article that's, that's so. <laughs> i mean but that's such a uh I, don't, I haven't read it but just the title but in the article one thing that it that I did notice is that it pointed out a plan. So like, even if you assess a situation, depending if it's a joke or someone is really like harmful to the group, like there's a you assess the situation and you have a plan to it. I think that's key mm -hmm. when you're whether you're going to escalate it or whatever, and you're trying to find your step one. Cause you, I don't know. That's why I'm like I'd rather come in with a plan with intent than. No, I think I mean you, you should you should do the things that make you feel comfortable. I think I think we actually approach it from three different ways is what I'm hearing from our conversation. Like Simeon, you approach the situation from let me assess myself to make sure that I am approaching this situation effectively. And Karina, you're approaching it like when I approach your first thing to think about is when I approach the situation what am I bringing to the table? What kind, how how does this end for all of us? My situation is <laughs> my my approach is 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 very kind, Devereaux of me, and it is to I'm not gonna I'm not going to miss this opportunity to let you know what I'm experiencing. Like I I want us all to be clear about what this moment meant to me. And therefore, we can move forward. So I think, it, I think, I mean, covering your ass and like, we th I mean, this is what we talk about, right? We cover our ass. We gather our receipts. It's essentially as preparing for battle. But I feel like, I feel like preparing for battle has such a negative connotation. I, we can think about it like a country's military. They're always training. They're always going through. They're all, you know, everybody goes through boot camp when you're in the military. Everybody um, is on call, everybody has trainings, everybody has to take tests. It's like, you have to always be ready and you have to have knee-jerk responses. And not all of the knee-jerk responses are to grab a gun and blow people's heads off. Some of the knee-jerk responses are to duck, you know, run for cover, hide, uh, explain, you know, explain to people what the moves are. So. I think it's just about being ready. I think it's about being cognitive. I think, and we can kind of we can kind of wrap this up and like start getting into like solutions. But I think the biggest thing is just to be aware, like your situational awareness. Another military, 
comment, but like your situational awareness is key. Recognize a when you're being tried and when you're being tested and when people are crossing not just their their own boundaries but yours. Situational aware awareness to recognize how to address it, and also recognize what's the best way for you to address it because. <laughs> Everybody can't be, you know, everybody's not going to be Simeon and, like, throwing daggers at you and shit. <laughs> like, trying to play your life. And damn sure it's going to be me out here just trying to step up on a soapbox all the time. Sometimes, you know, but I, like you, Karina, where it's like, all right, y'all, listen. We got to figure this out. I feel like your metaphor is, is so dead on because, one, and I was saying this before we got started today, which is, Let's be very clear on why we need DNI solutions, mm-hmm. right? There are bad people in this world. <laughs> That's it. Like I don't, I don't like to like mince words. Like there are bad people, people who do bad things. They are racist. They have biases, mm-hmm. and they don't care about um, how those things come across to people of color or marginalized groups. Um, and so they they do they they do bad things, and so you want to be ready. And I think that's to your point about training, where it's not necessarily that you're always, you know, waiting on the defense for somebody to pop off and say something crazy. It's also just you know that it's it's a possibility, and you want to be ready for whenever it happens that you respond because that's why we're having this conversation, right? So you want to end on solutions. So it's you want to be ready for that moment where. Someone puts you in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, you feel less than, you feel other, and it's because they don't care, or they, or they, they're insensitive to your to your feelings. So you want to be ready to react. Right. I got, I I guess yeah. They're totally. I 100% believe there are evil people in these in this world that deserve a kai cuss out at least twice a day, right? <laughs> but I also I also do feel that ignorance is a thing, and and lack of knowledge and lack of context and lack of experience is something that can be trainable so for me there are two ways this can go when i confront a situation you can realize the mistake you made and we can work together to find solutions so that it doesn't happen again or to your point you can respond and react aggressively or in a way that makes me feel that you're playing the role of a victim and now we have to quote unquote go to battle which is what you're talking about i don't think that everybody comes everybody that says something that is culturally racially sexually insensitive is evil no but you but i definitely i definitely do feel that i won't know until you respond and so that is why to your point i just i just didn't want to leave it like i don't believe that dni is here for bad people I think DNI is here because people don't know. And I think that people don't know sometimes because they don't care. And also, on the other hand, because they haven't had the experience to care. Or they're trying too hard. As well. But I think that's like the experience. Yeah. Like, man, we can go on and on. I was like, I was about to get no, so many other stories. But like, I went to, so I, I um, went to lunch with an old coworker, um, and she's Asian. And she's like, oh, do you want to get dumplings? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And she knew, like, the good place. Not because she's Asian, but she eats dumplings. <laughs> I know where to get real good, right? Like, arroz con pollo. But like. around here, like, around where, where we work now. 
So we went to go get dumplings, and she's like, oh, there's bubble tea. Let's go get bubble tea. And I was like, okay, cool. I haven't had bubble tea Ugh. in a long time. It's wow. good. You can get it right next. Anyway, we go, we order, and then we come back. We get our bubble tea. I put my bubble tea on the table at the um, dumplings box. I'm waiting for my order to be called. This guy is like, oh, was today like a cultural day or whatever? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, there's a bubble tea place right next door. Oh, really? And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait outside. It's a cultural day. <laughs> and I'm like, no. no we just didn't want to go to the Arnold Palmer <laughs> spot. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? We were like, uh, no, we came here for dumplings and we saw bubble tea and we wanted dumplings and bubble tea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what are you doing here at the dumpling spot? My point is, my point is, I feel very strongly that some people don't recognize that things are offensive and therefore they should be, they should be um, guided in the right direction firmly. Without chairs. Without chairs and fists. I think firmly they should be guided in the right direction. I also feel that people that don't give a fuck and they keep doing shit like that, you need to have receipts on that ass so that you don't go to jail after you throw the first chair. Hmm. And by throw the first chair, I mean that figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be throwing chairs. Don't do that. That is a surefire out of your agency. <laughs> Please don't throw chairs. You can't get a lawsuit for a DNI lawsuit if you throw a chair, so don't throw the chair. But You can also go to jail. All right, then there's the jail part. The point point is, like, you you just need to have your shit together. Um, And I I almost feel like, you know how, like, we're we're constantly told, like, as people of color, like, we have to work twice as hard. I feel like I hate that statement, but in my mind, like, I – I recognize that at the time people may have meant like physically and laboriously work, laboriously, whatever. Mm -hmm. You need to work harder. But I feel like that's the way to work harder is to be prepared. Like I don't, I don't feel like I have to give more of myself to a job that's not going to be there for me or my family when I pass away. But I do think that the legacy you leave is based on how you approach the situation. If you approach these situations from a place of knowledge, of a place of intention, and of a place, to your point all the time, Simi, empathy, I feel like that is working the second round of harder because you're thinking about it more. Mm -hmm. And to me, that makes more sense than me sitting here working 40 hours a day and letting people say what the fuck they want to me. No, I'm working the same hours a day. I'm still not going to let you talk shit to me. And then I'm going to be, you know, prepared in the event we need to have this conversation. And if we have to have this conversation with HR, too, then so be it. But, you know, let's keep this a safe, warm, and friendly environment. (laughs) No? No, I agree. Safe, warm, and friendly. I remember you talking about this with my issues. (laughs) I mean, I think, think, you know, to the point of D&I, that's what it's about, right? This is a safe, warm, and inclusive environment. This is about creating. Where where everyone can... Can thrive, and I think you know the reason why we're having this conversation is because when people do say offensive and insensitive things, you can't bring your best self to work because it puts you in a space where you're you internalize or you feel other or you feel less than or you you just can't bring your best self to work when you're not comfortable. Right. Right. All right. Any final words? Any additional solutions? Receipts. Plans. 
Address it. <laughs> Receipt, plan, address. <laughs> and not in that order, like in any order, but just make sure that all of those boxes are checked. I think that's a good way to approach it. All right. Well, this was painless. It was. Um, as always, you guys can catch us on the social medias. We're on Instagram at Ask Mixed Company. We're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Mixed Company Podcast. And you can also hit us up on the Twitter, I believe, at Ask Mixed Company, right? Yep. 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 Gmail, same business, askmixedcompany at gmail.com. Yep. With that being said, we will holler at y'all episode 32 next time. Peace out.